Welcome to the More Than Corporate podcast, where we discuss finding fulfillment, defining success, and living your best life. There's no roadmap to success, no one-size-fits-all answer to fulfillment. I believe it requires us all to be vulnerable and authentic about what we want to accomplish and have the courage to step out of our comfort zone to chase our dreams. Keep listening to hear stories from inspiring people who make it their mission to live their best life every day. Welcome back to the show, everyone. My name is Amber Furman, and this is episode 26 of the More Than Corporate podcast. I am super excited for the episode um, that we recorded with Mike. It's going to be the episode for this week. Mike Gillespie is a friend of mine that I met at Thrive this year and then reconnected with again at Rise. He runs a group called Epic Living Academy is his business on business coaching. He also has a Facebook group called Epic Living. And Mike talks so much about mindset and how to push yourself out of your comfort zone. We have this really cool conversation about a life wheel. And he has these cool props, which are hard to see over audio recording, obviously. So I'm working on getting that video put together to go ahead and release out so that you guys can see his life will. But it's super cool. He talks a lot about the way that being able to identify the areas in your life in which you need the most improvement for personal growth allows your ability to be successful in all areas of your life. So I am super, super excited to get into this interview. Before we do, I want to just give another shout out and say thank you to Travis Chapel for all of his help and guidance as I have launched this podcast. He has been instrumental in helping me kind of understand the right and wrong ways to do things and allowing me to feed off of some of his mistakes that he made in the very beginning so I don't have to make the same ones. I get to make different mistakes instead. He has an event that's going to be coming up in Las Vegas November 8th, 9th, and 10th. It's called Build Your Network Live. It's going to be at Top Golf here, and it's going to be fantastic. So if you are interested in connecting with people and getting to meet some amazing speakers and amazing individuals through from throughout the United States, you'll want to make sure that you're at that event and um, reach out to me if you have any questions on how to get your ticket for that, but you're definitely going to want to be there. So I hope to see you guys there in November. And without further ado, let's go ahead and get into the episode with Mike. Mike, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thanks for having me, Amber. It's, a, it's definitely a privilege. I am super excited to have you here. So for those of you who don't know, I met Mike in... I think March of May of this year at at Thrive. And then we connected again at Rise and we connected over all kinds of things that I'm sure we'll get into here, like obstacle course racing and business and kind of personal growth. And I am super excited to have him share your story. So um, what I'd like to do is have you go ahead and start by just talking about what it was like growing up for you and and um, how you got from young Mike to kind of where you are now. So how much time do we have? <laughs> <laughs> we'll do about 45 minutes. Uh, uh, yeah, it's been uh, a pretty cool journey so far. And, you know, these last couple of years, uh, I've actually done like a lot of reflection and just kind of seeing how I got to where I am right now. So um, well, I'll just start, you know, back when I was younger, I had a pretty good upbringing with the family, my dad worked, uh, my mom was more kind of like the caregiver, like she was home and I have two brothers and I'll kind of just speed through some of the, the earlier stuff. 
uh, went to, you know, I started in university, uh, studied business and computers, and then um, I switched up into college uh, against my parents' uh, best wishes. And I, I really remember this was uh, kind of a, a pivotal role, uh, a pivotal decision for me in that up until then, most of this, the decisions were made by somebody else. And I went to university for about a year and a half and I excelled. I did great. Um, but there was just, it just didn't feel right for me. And, you know, and I'm sure we'll talk a little bit more about this, um, you know, just pressures from people to go down a path um, just because they think it's right for you. And right. yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure you can relate a lot. And going to university was one of those things, you know, there's that perception that the more you pay for your education, the better it is for you, or there's this prestige about going to university, or I had such good grades in school, uh, I got accepted to go to university, so you just go there. You know, your friends go there, all that stuff. You go, you, you know, you're more likely to get a job type of thing, right? So yeah, I started in business, looked at the electives that I had to take for the next year, and thought, yeah, uh, I don't want to have to take half the courses that I'm not even really interested in just because they're telling me I have to. So I ended up switching into computer science. I did that for about half a year. And then um, uh, the courses and the, the, like the trainings that we were doing and the technology that we were using was ironically, like it was very dated. And this was at university, like very old, like programming languages. And like, what were you programming in? I think it was like Pascal or C++, <laughs> like in the day, like it was just such old school stuff, right? Yeah. So I, um, my first degree was also computer programming and we were was programming it? in C++ and Visual Basic. So that's yes. why I asked because like Visual Basic. that's yes. old school. Yeah. And Visual Basic, like I actually didn't mind Visual Basic it was a lot better than the other stuff. Um, but you know what, then in Canada, um, college is a pretty good choice for like technical trades and computers and things like that. So I ended up switching out of my four-year program at university and switched into college, which was a two-year program, it was half the money, was half the time, and I had twice the experience. You know, I got my two co-op work terms from there. And right after I graduated, I had a, I had a contract position at the government where I had my work terms. So I went right in, you know, follow the path you know you 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 go to school you get a job you you next 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 right um so that's what i did um i actually loved my work at the beginning i started as help desk technician okay. and then got promoted along along the way and we'll talk a little bit more about that later but it was awesome fun the the people there were great it was challenging i had different things to solve every day personal growth you know i was taking all these extra trainings and courses. Like I was, I was very interested in my work, um, you know, when I, when I first started there and, you know, I, I tell people now, you know, some of them, and I actually just was at a party the other day with two of my buddies from my job that um, I, I hung around a bunch and it was so cool. Like we were reminiscing about, you know, all the old stories and stuff. And, um, and I told them cause I got promoted pretty high. So I was, just before I left, I was a senior technical consultant, right? Which project management and all of this stuff that doesn't really interest me much anymore. So I told them, you know, my favorite job there was actually desktop support. When I was going from building to building and fixing different problems, I see different people every day. Oh, it was so good. I, I love that part of it. 
You know, it's crazy that you say that because I think that that's where fulfillment comes in so many areas of life is like this idea of problem solving. Like it doesn't matter how big that problem is. We get so much pride out of being able to solve that for ourselves or for other people. And it's interesting knowing what you do now in the coaching arena and um, kind of business development with people and personal development. I find it extremely interesting that your favorite thing in the technical side was solving problems for people. And you've taken that and you've just blown that up into this like life problem solving business that you have. Interesting. That's a good observation. So fulfillment, like you and I, we've had conversations about that. And this is a, it's a tough one to explain to people that don't get it. So I'll share a little bit more about the, the journey of where I got to where I am. So um, in total, I worked there for on and off about 13 years. And I say that because I took a couple uh, leave of absence just to kind of figure out kind of what I wanted to do. So about year seven, um, well, before I get into that, um, a couple of guys at work were investing in real estate, right? And they suggested I read a book called Rich Dad, Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki, right? Love so I read it, it just totally transformed my mindset around money, uh, debt, entrepreneurship. Uh, long story short, I started investing in real estate early on uh, when I first started working there and it was about probably and I, I kept buying and buying and buying and about like six years in six or seven years into working at the government like I kept getting promoted 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 and I found that I was liking it there less and less and I found that I was enjoying the other shit a lot more the yeah. real estate the, the personal growth uh, the, the the business aspect of it right and at the time it's like oh you know I kind of just shunned it off right and then as time went on, I'm like, no, there's something here, right? Because most people, they, they would kill to have a government job, right? And when I tried to explain it to people, like early on, uh, I would kind of give in to what they're saying. They're, you know, I would tell them, I'm like, I don't know, there's just something, I, I prefer to do that. And they're like, well, you're, why would you do that? You went to school for this. You got the job that you went to school for. You're making a lot of money. You have the security. You get the benefits. You have your vacation. And then back then it's like, huh, yeah, you, I guess you make a good point, right? And then it gets buried for a bit until it yeah. surfaces again and then surfaces again, right? So eventually and what I tell my coaching clients is you're going to take action when you reach that boiling point. And from year six or seven to like eight or nine or ten, like the boiling point was coming up a little bit more to the surface so much so that you have to do something about it, right? So yeah. I got to a point where I didn't, I, I didn't fully know what I wanted to do, um, but I knew what I didn't want to do anymore. I didn't. So they, they call people that are at the government and they stay there till retirement. They call them lifers, meaning yeah. they just, that's, that's their thing. And they just keep doing that. So I made a decision that I don't want to be a lifer. I, I see the people that are there. There's a lot of uh, entitlement for people that have been there a while and they just expect things because they think they've earned it and they've been there that long. I I didn't want to go into retirement grumpy. You know, Um, I remember there were multiple people there that actually had countdowns above their office, like electric, you know, like digital counters counting down the days to retirement. Like I want to continue to be excited going into retirement. You know, it's crazy that 
I mean, it's because have you noticed the societal shift that exists that it's kind of generational? So our parents and going into the younger part of our generation, that's what you were supposed to do. You went and worked like this idea that we have now in our society that you can work and be happy at the same time is so new in the past you worked you found your fulfillment outside of work and this whole retirement countdown fit right into what everybody thought your job was supposed to be and i think that society has a a whole kind of shifted into this idea that you know you can have both at the same time and it doesn't have to be this job that you work and hate um, but it's taking some time for people to catch on to that yeah. And it's cool having those conversations with people that get it. But back then when I was trying to explain to people that uh, I'm not a big fan of my work, I'm not happy. And then yeah. they'll, then they always say, but you make a lot of money. And then yeah. I say, but I'm not happy. And then it's just a cycle. And it's like, okay, you know, let's just agree to disagree. Like we're not speaking the same language here. So that's kind of for what sure. I found. So what was it? Um, what was it like for you when you finally made that jump and decided that Um, You had to listen to yourself that you couldn't listen to the people around you that were saying you needed to stay because of the money. And what was the first thing that you did um, career wise when you did decide to go out and kind of follow your own authentic ideas? Yeah. So uh, I remember two feelings and I've I've been feeling these feelings a lot over the last couple of years as I grow Uh, scared and excited are the two things that come up for me. And now I mentioned like I didn't really know what I wanted to do. So what I did is I had the flexibility to take unpaid leave of absences. So probably about year 11, I asked my boss, I said, you know, can I have a one year unpaid leave of absence? So he said, yes. So I used that time to explore and kind of figure out what it is that I enjoy doing. And I started doing it. So uh, at the time, so my transition was I knew that I knew real estate investing and I knew that I enjoyed helping people. So I put them both together and I was a real estate business coach. So I had coaching clients, I had masterminds, I had uh, group programs. So it was great. You know, it was, it was fulfilling. I was helping people um, get the results they were looking for. So then that eventually evolved into more life coaching. So I I actually had a partner back uh, when I was doing the real estate business coaching and he was, He was really specific on maintaining focus with just real estate business coaching. And um, I found myself verging off on bringing it all into kind of like a a wheel and life. You know, um, it's more than just about the money. He was pushing more and more like real estate investment books on me. And uh, I'm like, you know, I I got it. Like, I, I know how to invest in real estate. I know there's more to learn, but let's incorporate some of these other things. And we didn't, uh, there was some conflict there. So we ended our partnership and I did, I did my thing. So I still did some real estate business coaching, but then it started to evolve more into life coaching, success coaching, and eventually I'm an Epic living coach now. So I love your Epic living group. If there is anybody listening to this that is not in Mike's Epic living group on Facebook, you need to fix that like right now. There's so much value in that group. And that's kind of where a lot of what I'm doing now got some huge motivation because your Facebook group was one of the very first ones that I grew that I joined um, after going to thrive and thrive was like, I had these ideas in my head of, what I was going to get there, 
And I got yeah. so much more because you're surrounded by people that are living this life that you've only heard of existing in, you know, the people that aren't you, if that makes yeah. sense. Like these millionaires yeah. can have this because they're not me. And then you go surround yourself with these regular people who have the same values as you do. And then take that environment and put it in a Facebook group. And that's yeah. what I get out of your group. I love it. So awesome. for anybody out there, we'll put the link in the show notes, but go join that for sure. Yeah. Um, what did so, you so that, find? Like, actually, uh, that, that was more kind of created out of need. You know, um, it's, it's probably been active for about probably three and a half years now. There, there, there's a lot of negativity on Facebook if you allow that to kind of creep into your profile. There's ways to have more good show up on your profile. So when people tell me, oh, there's all this negativity, like I don't see it because I've created filters. So almost the majority of my things are all either positive, uplifting, happy, or funny. Like I, I like to laugh and yeah. I create filters to allow me to see more of that stuff. So um, yeah, you've, you've taken some major massive actions. Since <laughs> well, you know, Facebook is amazing at giving you what you want or what you tell it you want. So if you're yeah. surrounding yourself with negativity or if you're clicking on the negative um, ads and you're constantly on, you know, negative news yeah. sites and things like that, you're going to keep seeing that. Exactly. When you put yourself in these amazing Facebook groups that yeah. are full of entrepreneurs and people who have a positive attitude and Facebook yeah. gives you that. So all you have to do is tell Facebook what you want. Yeah, you're right. It just gives you what gives you, it gives, gives you more of what you're asking for. And you know, I think that is a lot like life as well, which is what kind of takes me into my next question yeah. because we don't realize how much our mindset is telling the universe what we want to have. So we can be saying to somebody, I want A, B, C, and D, but our actions aren't right. reflecting that that's what we want. And we get what, what our mindset is causing our actions, if that makes sense. So yeah. I'm curious to know when you switch from the business of um, real estate investing coaching into this life coaching, how yeah. much of the real estate investing problems that you were helping people solve were actually life problems that were impacting their business. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, th there's a lot of the personal stuff that obviously comes up and more often than not, you know, they, they don't need the tools. They don't need, um, you know, the coaching in respect to the real estate. There's a lot of underlying things there that through, you know, powerful questions, and digging and you know the influences of people and the teachings from their childhood and so yeah there's 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 probably the majority of the the coaching as i was making that transition was coming back to the personal stuff which helps to drive the business stuff and you know um i had a i actually had a, a mentor back in the day um, his name's Philip McKernan. He's one of the top three influencers uh, for me. And I remember I went to my first program with him. Uh, it was called Everest. And all of us thought that we were going there for like business mastermind. And within like the first like 30 minutes, it's pretty clear that this is more on the personal side of it, you know? Cause that's, that's everything that, that drives our behavior is 
is, you know, our upbringing, our influences, our beliefs, all that stuff. Yeah, 100%. I totally agree with that. If it was as simple as going out and getting the information, then <laughs> everybody that could read a book would be successful. But we have so yeah. many limiting beliefs yeah. based upon what we've been told or what we've decided yeah. um, that we have to clear those out. So I think that that's super cool. And um, you mentioned something before about a wheel. And obviously, I know what that is. And I like the wheel analogy much better than life balance analogy because yeah. it's so much yeah. more than that but can you explain to everybody what you mean when you say the wheel yeah you know what i actually have i have a prop here i wasn't really planning this but wow conveniently i haven't cleaned up this mess on my floor and i still have <laughs> i still have it here it's called the life balance wheel all right so it's just round so it's basically broken up into the areas of your life i'll write them up right you know like health and wellness and uh personal growth primary relationship work money so things like that right i'm all about simplicity now and this exercise literally takes probably less than 10 minutes so for every life area you give it a rating from one to ten right so maybe so this was a life balance wheel of of mine kind of cut out while i was still working so what really helped me was doing this exercise often because it helped to show patterns and it helped to show over time what happens to certain life areas if you don't do shit about the problems. So this, was, this wasn't even me at my low. So do you see how some of them are, are bigger than others and some of them are, are smaller? So this, this was money. I had a shitload of money back then. So this was a nine. I had a shitload of money because I was making six figures at my job. I had 14 rental properties. And I had another business I was operating, right? So there was no shortage of money. These things, on the other hand, were work, physical surroundings. So where I spend them, and this was one of the biggest realizations for me, physical surroundings, where you spend the majority of your time. So I didn't even really, looking back at it now, it seems obvious, but it wasn't back then. So, and this is why it's important to enjoy the work that you do you spend the majority of your awake time at your job. So if you're not happy at your job, you're not happy in your life. And you just take that grumpiness and you come home and you just carry it over. Okay, so anyways, uh, physical surroundings, work, health, and relationships. Those were starting to be affected because of my work. And me doing this more and more, and I, I have like screenshots of all of my, my past exercise and I have them compared. And this is the primary exercise, the clincher that got me to leave my job. So eventually, some of these even got smaller. They got down to ones. So my work was a one, my physical surroundings was a one. So when I talk about you reach your boiling point, there's nowhere left to go. I'm at, I'm at the bottom of these. So yeah. I, I, I talk about this as redlining. And yes, it's okay to be down in some areas for periods of time, but you, it's like a car. You can't stay redlined for too long or you're going to burn out. So if I don't address these, my physical, like my health and wellness are going to be seriously affected. My relationships with the wife, the relationships with the kids, all that stuff, it's going to be affected if I don't address this. And what, what, and this is one of the foundational exercises I do with my, my coaching clients. And 
I can easily share a link to this uh, if somebody wants to do this exercise. Again, 10 minutes. I have a reminder set in my calendar at least three times a year to redo my life balance wheel. That way, and, and the trick, don't look at your previous one before you do the next one, right? Then you do it, you see where you are, and it helps you shine a spotlight. So if I have like a bunch of eights and nines, and you know, a couple ones or twos, it's like, okay, I know where I need to focus my time, right? Because if you don't, they're never gonna improve. So what happened here when, when, I, when I took a break from my job, these ones and twos magically started to balloon out because now I'm starting to spend my time with people I enjoy, I'm doing the things I enjoy, but what happened to my money? My money started to come down, right? So the first thing you wanna do here is not to go, you know, try to get everything tens. The first thing to do is to try to even the numbers out. So what, what mine looked like was a bunch of fives and sixes. I had to rewire my mindset around money and being okay with money not constantly coming in. So as you know, as an entrepreneur, like that's one of the differences of, I, I used to have a regular paycheck, a good regular paycheck in my work. I quit, now I don't. So the money is, it's ups and downs. And I explained to people about like entrepreneurship, you, that's, that's emotions. Like I had like an emotional roller coaster that I never had before, right? When I, when I was working, I was just flatlining. It's like, eh. But when, I'm, when, when I was an entrepreneur, it's like some days are freaking amazing. Like you're on a high and then you're low and it, it's all over the place. And I just yeah. tell people, it, as long as your previous lows and your previous highs, right, are higher than the last one, you're headed in the right direction. Because this is, this is going to happen. You're going to have the ups and downs. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and you're going to have I'm glad you asked everything. about the wheel. Because that, 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 I know I glossed over it a little earlier, but I'm telling you, like, of, of all the exercises that I've picked up over the years and I've done, that one has been the most pivotal to help me live the life that I'm living right now. I 100% agree with that. So um, when I first, I posted on my social media that I just completed the um, master practitioner level of um, NLP. And yeah. when I went to my first NLP class, the very, very, very first thing we did was a life wheel. And that was the nice. first time that I had ever seen it. But let me tell you, you taking it and cutting it out and putting it on cardboard takes it to a whole new level because we did it on paper. And the idea for anybody who can't see what he, um, what he has is you have this wheel and it looks kind of like a trivial pursuit wheel yeah. with um, yeah. a bunch of different areas. And the idea is the center of the wheel where like the spokes would connect is yeah. your zero point. Um, yeah. or your one point. And then the outside of the wheel, where if you were in a car, your tire would be, is the 10. Yeah. And you assign a number from zero to 10 for yeah. each area of your life. Right. Well, when you're doing that on paper, so, that, so then you connect them, and the idea is you should have this wheel that you could roll your life around on to have this nice, smooth, exactly. this nice, smooth ride. Yeah. When you're doing it on paper, you can definitely see the jagged points, yeah. but it's not real. I yeah. can totally see taking the cardboard cutout that you have right there and trying to physically roll it and just wow. watching it like crash. And realistically, like that's what happens to your life. If you're so many people make life decisions thinking that they're unhappy for a certain reason. 
So they leave a relationship or they leave a job because they're miserable and they think it's that relationship or that job that's making them unhappy. Yeah. This life will allows you to realize what's really making you unhappy. What yeah. areas of your life really aren't amazing, aren't, aren't working the way that you think they are. Cause I can guarantee you and you can tell me whether I'm right or wrong, but I can almost guarantee you that what's making you unhappy isn't what you think it is. Yeah, exactly. So it's interesting that you brought that analogy up. And the reason I have this was because I actually did a talk on stage and I brought these up there with me and I cut this out to actually show the whole wheel analogy and to take it one step further. Like I actually showed them what happens and, and I talk about how think about it as if you're on a road, a road, all right, you're rolling along, you have a couple sevens and eights, you're rolling along nicely, right? You're getting some good momentum. All of a sudden you hit some of the low numbers and it's like the thump, right? That's a pothole, right? Then what happens when you fall in a pothole? It slows you down, right? And you're just like bumping through this pothole. Then it takes you some time to get going again, right? And then it just repeats, right? You speed up, you speed up, you speed up. And then what do you think happens over time when, when you keep hitting these potholes? Like it, it gets frustrating, right? It's like, I'm just getting some momentum. I'm just starting to get these results. Then all of a sudden, boom, you're brought back, right? So what happened for me was when I started to bring this back to like the fives and sixes, all of them, yeah, I wasn't like going super fast, but at least I'm able to do this, you know, at least I'm rolling, you know, I'm getting the momentum. I'm not yeah. feeling frustrated because I'm moving and I'm moving in the right direction. So this, yeah, that, that's one of my favorite analogies, you know, yes, it's a life balance wheel, but when, when you actually like. And the, and the biggest thing to do is to actually like uh, on paper, you either cut it out or, or you have to shade it in. Cause when you shade it, like you connect the dots, it's like, ah, yeah, it's choppy. But when you're coloring it, you actually see it. Like it, it's, it's visual for you. That's what makes this so powerful. Yeah. I like it. And it also helps with goal setting. You know, we, um, no matter who you work with in any area, you're going to be told that you need to have goals set. And yeah. It helped the first time I tried to set goals when I was working with my coach for the first time, I couldn't set goals past six months. I couldn't see that far out. And right. it was doing the life will that allowed me to break down my life into individual sections and yeah. say, okay, what do I want out of this section of my life? What do yeah. I want out of this section of life? And then set goals that allow you to start rounding that out by setting those goals. And then also, yeah. like yeah. you said, with the money, allowing you to change your relationship with money and realize, I mean, there was a study once, um, and I don't remember where I saw it, but there was a study done that um, if you make a living wage, if you're in like the, I think it's 40 to $50,000 a year area, that yeah. taking promotions that get you an extra 10, 15, $20,000 yeah. a year don't yeah. actually make you any happier. They just right. give you exactly. more work. And so we get this idea that let's make all this money um, and then the rest of our life just falls apart because yeah. the money's not compensating for anything. Right. And, and don't get me wrong. Like, um, I still like money, like money allows me to do stuff, but there's an opportunity cost that you're missing out on. As I said, like if you're miserable in a job, the majority of your awake time, you're missing out on other things that bring you joy in life just to get the extra $10,000 that gets you to buy a bigger house or a better car that you're never around to get to really enjoy anyway. 
for sure. No, I, I like it. I love the life flow. I'm so glad that you brought that up. It's one of my favorite things. So what I want to ask you is leaving your entrepreneurial or leaving your job and going into this entrepreneurial world and then spending the time that you have in really refining what you do. There has to be failures along the way of that. And I use the term failure kind of loosely because I truly don't think you fail until you stop trying. So like right. non-successes we'll put rather than failures. Yeah. But yeah, you... what can you say, like what has been one of the biggest failures or non-successes and what did you learn from that? So which one, if you have one, that you didn't succeed at something yet you learned something that pushed and propelled, you, propelled your career? as you can imagine, there's, there's multiple failures, uh, well, failures along the way, right? It's only a failure, obviously, if you don't learn anything from it. Um, but there's one that comes to mind, uh, actually in my, my real estate investing. And this was a period where I got really cocky and that I felt that I could do no wrong. So I cheated the process and it was basically when I was, I probably had about seven properties at this point and the real estate market was hot and the city that I was contemplating investing in was a very hot city. Right. And I've done a good amount of like learnings around like real estate and due diligence. And there's this process that you should follow when you're looking to purchase a new house. Well, I, I cheated on this one and I paid for it. So it was basically a condo in a city that wasn't close to me. Um, I bought it sight unseen and it was a disaster and I still actually own it today. It's finally starting to, to turn the corner. Like it's just, it's just been a, a mental drain on me because when you invest in condos, you don't, and this was the first time I've ever invested in a condo as well, and conveniently the last time. Not that it's bad, you know, you just, you have to do it right. I learned to not be arrogant and, and cocky, and if there's a system that works, continue to follow it, <laughs> because you pay for it, not just financially, because I, I'm, I'm, I've probably been around break even on it, like the, that, the property has gone up in value, but if I could trade trade my decision in I just wouldn't have made it anyway just because of the the real the 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 space that it's been it's taking up in my my brain that when we talk about the life back like it 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 distracts me from the good things like I'll be just starting to get some momentum in something then all of a sudden I'll get notification that something needs to be done at the condo and then it kind of just deflates me so if I had to pick one that 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 comes to mind yeah it it's 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 that one and as i said i mean there's there's many along the way and it's not a bad thing right because we fail at we like you know we we fail we failed at walking when we first started we failed at riding a bike like it's not bad failure's not bad and a lot of people think oh i'm not going to try that because um what will people think or what if i fail well if you think that then you're not going to get much for sure. And, you know, some, it's interesting that you brought up the walking and the riding the bike, because at some point along the way, we were, uh, our mindset changed from, okay, I need to be able to walk. I need to be able to ride my bike to do all of these things. And our mindset changed to 
oh, I'm not going to try that if I don't, if I can't succeed. And so it's crazy how if we had had that mindset all the way in um, growing up, like we'd all still be crawling around trying to figure out how to get from point A to point B. Yeah. And it's interesting how as we get older, we we care more about what people think and it it drives our behavior, uh, unfortunately. And obviously, I still care what people think as well, but I care a little less. You know, that there's phases you go through. At the beginning, you just you just do shit. You fall, you get up, you learn. Then you just continue to do that for a bit. Then you reach a certain point. You reach a certain age where it's like, oh, well, this pe- person think, right? And for the most part, people people get stuck in that for a very, very long time. And they miss out on things. Again, opportunity costs. For sure. And I mean, I don't think that we ever um, really stop caring what people think. I know that um, if you listen to Brene Brown at all, she has a a moment in one of her TED Talks where she says that she's just as worried about that person that says, I don't give a shit what anybody thinks, as she is about the person that cares what everybody thinks. The um, real balance comes from allowing people to have their opinion and then doing what you think is in your best interest anyway, regardless of what everybody else might think. Yeah. So as of now, I know we talked about a little bit about money and how that's changed for you, but what is your definition of success now in your life? How do you know when you're successful? So that's a great question. That's, that's one of my favorite questions. And that's one of the initial questions that I ask uh, people that are thinking about working with me because oftentimes, and I've been guilty of it and, and probably still am guilty of it from time to time is we live other people's versions of success. Similar to what we talked about, about me going to school, going to university. Like that was my dad's version of me succeeding. Like he just thought that that's the path that you go. So defining your own version of success is one of the most important things that, that, that you should do. And you should review that uh, pretty often. So for me, um, how do I know that I'm succeeding? Uh, for I, um, I'm growing every day. I'm hanging around cool people that are uplifting and are fun and are are making a difference. And for me, making a difference as well, um, doing fulfillment fulfilling work is like right up there for me. Um, again, you know, we've talked about this before. But life is too short to do shit that you don't like to do. Um, I'm a dad. I have two girls. I, I try my best to set a good example for them because they're, uh, in my opinion, a parent should be the, the greatest influencer of their kid. And I think what's been happening over the last bunch of years is we've been getting very busy as parents and we've handed that responsibility off to teachers and other people. So being present with myself, with them and the people around me is, is of success and doing the things that fuel me and excite me. So you've probably talked to others about, or you've heard about the vision board, right? Mm -hmm. So I have a board at home where I put things on there that I would like to be, do, or have. And I've actually gone through this exercise with my daughters as well. So I have my vision board in my room and they have their vision boards in their room. And 
we worked towards doing some of the things on my list. And it's kind of cool that we talk about this now because two nights ago, my daughter was in her room just before bed. She's putting check marks on the things that, that she's done already. So this summer was, we had a great summer. We got to a lot of stuff. So coming back to the life balance wheel, I've, I've sacrificed or I've, I'm okay with making less money to enjoy more experiences with my kids and others. So yeah, money comes down. That's okay because again, I've shifted my mindset around what I think money is. I used to think work your ass off now for 40 years and then retire when you're 65 and then you can go cruising and go to Mexico and all that stuff. That's shifted. I'm like, you can do a little bit of both. You can still make some money, but the tomorrow is never guaranteed. All we have is right now. Anything could happen at any time to any of us. And that was like a massive realization for me. Um, so 100% and anybody who doesn't follow Mike already on Facebook and missed his summer with his girls. Um, this was one of my favorite things of following you was watching your summer with oh, your yeah? girls because you had your, your bucket list that you guys created. And yeah. I remember you saying, um, we only have 18 summers. Like, keep in mind that you only have 18 summers with yeah. your kids. And to me, that's the most powerful thing. Cause like you said, anything can happen to anybody at any point in time. And if yeah. you wait, and say, I'm going to do this, that I, I really want to do this, but I'm going to wait to do it until I'm 65. I mean, yeah. how many people don't get there? You know, there's, there's yeah. a ton that don't get there. Um, and then more than that, like when you say, I want this, I want whatever is in this little pretty box right here. Um, and I'll be happy when I can have it. And I'm going to wait to have it until then. Like you're just putting off living your life and you're putting off your happiness um, it's, it's insane. And so many people do it. So, um, yeah. no, I loved your, your summer with your girls that we all got to follow. Yeah. That was awesome. So, yeah. It, it really comes to, it's all about perspective. And there was an exercise I did again, another simple exercise. Um, it was just basically a chart and it had, you know, the average lifespan of like people on it. And like you shade in like the, the circles and it really like shows you how much of your life that you've you've lived with your kids or your parents and i think there was like this a lot i think it was like you're going to spend maybe one percent more of your life with your parents now right like like me with my parents because i'm off doing my things and you can choose to accept that or or not it's just it is how it is like you know you see your parents now or on you know the holidays or whatever right so um I think that exercise I got from a website called Wait But Why. Oh, I love that. Yeah, and there's there, there's tons of these perspective things of, you know, by the time your child um, reaches the age of 18, you know, they've spent 95 per, you will have spent 95% of your time with them. And you have like 5% of your time, again, if you allow that to, if you know what I mean, like if it continues. So that really helped put things into perspective for me. And yeah, 18 summers, like at the beginning of the summer, we all just sat down. We're like, Hey, what do you guys want to do this summer? So, and, and we got to like probably 85% of the things on the list, including 
a road trip that we've been talking about for a while. <laughs> it was crazy. That's awesome. Yeah. So I am a big proponent of getting out of your comfort zone. And you and I, when we very, very first met, connected over obstacle course racing. Um, yeah. I do a ton of Tough Mudders. I know that you do a ton of Spartan races. Yeah. For me, doing those Tough Mudders pushed me out of my comfort zone in other areas of my life as well. Was it the same for you? Did you see a correlation between your willingness to try things in business and in your personal life because you were pushing yourself out of your comfort zone fitness-wise? Um, yeah, well, it definitely helps. Um, it, it, for me, it, it helps to show me what I'm capable of because going into this and, and you know, these races, these crazy things. And I actually just did another tough mutter like last month, my first one in a while. And you know, there's that electroshock therapy, like yeah. barbed wire and Arctic enema, like jumping into ice tubs and it's crazy shit. But you go into it and you're like, this is just like so crazy. This is insane that I'm even doing this. And then when you do it, it's like, wow, like I actually didn't think I'd be capable of actually doing the majority of the obstacles and completing it. And then it, it helps to expand what's now possible. It's like, huh, if I could do that, like what else can I do? Right. So then I expanded I expanded that because in Spartan, you can do different distances, right? So there's, there's, there's and, and uh, Tough Mudder, I know there's other options as well. So it really like stretches what I thought I was capable of. So similar to like business and life, I'm starting to really adopt uh, the principle from Grant Cardone, uh, another book, you know, the 10X, your life and business, all that stuff, right? And so the, I think that's kind of where, where I, I see some of that stuff carrying over for me from those races and you and I, we got to, we got to get, I think you commented, you wanted to, we'll do one together. Yes. Um, Tough Mudder just released their 2020 um, yeah. season. So we should um, look at that and pick which one we're going to do. And maybe we can um, do some fundraising stuff for the schools. Do you want to talk yeah, about the sure. schools that you're building a little bit before we get into the random round? Yeah, yeah. Like I, uh, I'm very passionate. And I'm sure you 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 know this. I'm very passionate about uh, education, and I believe that every child and anyone should have access to a quality education. So we're building schools. So we we built our first school in Ecuador a couple of years ago. Um, we're building a school right now in Kenya. Uh, we're fundraising for that. And my big vision is to create happy and fun fundraisers um, and then use the money that we raise for good, whether it's building a school or whatever. So I ran a Tough Mudder last month. I raised some money. I'm actually climbing a big tower in Toronto called the CN Tower where there's 1,776 steps. So my goal with the fundraiser is getting people to donate $1 per stair. So personally, I'll raise 1776 and this time I've recruited other people to join me. So there's like four or five of us that are doing it. So we're all going to commit to doing the same thing. And it costs $10,000 to build a school. So not only do we get to um, push our limits by climbing this massive tower, we get to have fun, we get to be healthy, we get to build a school, um, which it's just, a, and eventually I want to bring a group of people down to the communities of where we built these schools 
again, community, have fun, um, give back, uh, personal growth. Uh, it, 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 and that's the other uh, tip with this life balance wheel. When you can combine multiple life areas into experience, into like individual experiences, it, it, you're just, it's, it's an exponential gain. So like when, when, when I'm describing that CN Tower stair climb, I'm combining probably at least four or five life areas into one. So that's I really maximizing, maximizing your, your time. And yeah, and I've never thought about that effect. before. Never thought about that before, but I like it. When you're trying to decide, I kind of want to do this and I kind of want to do this. If you have yeah. your life will and you can look at which one of those two activities is going to give you the most um, bang for your buck, I guess, for lack of a better word, in your life will area, and you yeah. can decide which one's going to bring in the most. And, and it might change from year to year. Like, what do but I it's not to either or. On? It's not right. or. It's and. Try to combine. Try to try to if there's something that's calling for your time if you can have like f doing five of those things in 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 one it's a bonus yeah i like it it's awesome. so if anybody wants to get involved with what you're doing with the schools where can they find information on that um so currently i have a facebook fundraiser going for the kenya school bill but i can uh it's probably best for them to just kind of reach out to me either through facebook which I can give you the, the link to, or my email address is mike at epiclivingacademy.com. Awesome. Yeah. Well, I have really had an awesome time chatting with you today. Before we end, I'd like to do a quick random round, just a little bit of fun, let people get to know you a little bit. Are you okay with that? Oh, yeah. All right. What profession other than your own do you think it would Whoops. be fun to attempt? Well, I, I think it comes back to the Spartan stuff. I think it would be, uh, I follow this one guy's name's Ben Greenfield. He actually, uh, uh, he, he's, a, he's a professional obstacle course racer, among other things. But I just think it would be cool to just tour around to different cities and someone actually sponsors you to do it and you get paid to push your limits and get messy and that type of stuff. That'd be kind of cool. Love it. Yeah. If you could time you travel. I, yeah, I love it a lot. Um, yeah. If you could time travel, where would you go and why? Well, I guess the easy one is time travel back to my younger days. I would say before I made the decision to go to university. And I would either go to college first or reach out to uh, mentors. Because I've been into the personal growth probably for probably 20 years now, I think it would really be cool. And I, I really admire younger kids that are like 18 or 19, getting the knowledge that we're getting now, knowing how much of a more of an impact that they can have on the world, having that information back then. That's powerful. I like that a lot. Personality traits. What personality trait has been the most helpful in getting you from where you started to where you are now? Um, I, I would say... I would say leadership. You know, I, 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 I find that I, I do a really good job at creating uh, a community and inspiring and motivating people to create a greater impact. I like it. And what personality trait have you, has held you back a little bit? So I, I, I still have nerves, and we're talking about like stepping more into 
uh, our uncomfortableness of like speaking in front of groups and yeah. So if I had to pick something, it would be more doing more of that. Um, when you are consuming content, do you like to read books or listen to audiobooks? Uh, I do both, but uh, reading it is good because I can then go through and do the exercise either during or right after. And I guess I could with listening as well, but I don't usually. Usually what happens when I'm listening is I'm driving and then I arrive at my destination and then whatever I'm doing there, like I, I don't go right into like doing the exercises from some of these personal growth books. So um, I like them both, but as far as what do I get the most from, it would be um, from reading. I like that. And what are you reading or listening to now that motivates you? Uh, um, so, you know, Andy Frisella. Yes. <laughs> yeah. His podcast is, I don't know if you'll have to swear on, on your podcast, but this Go guy ahead. Is, this guy's one badass motherfucker. And I used to swear a lot more back in the day. And it's something I haven't really been doing much over the last couple of years, but this son of a bitch, like he gets me <laughs> swearing and I walk Lily down the beach and I got my, my headphones in. I'm just freaking laughing. This guy, he really gets you to uh, do some shit. He's good. Yeah. Uh, I mean, if he can get the entire world on this 75 hard and then whatever phase, have you started phase one yet? Uh, no, I didn't. So I okay. got, I got to about 35 days. That was my longest. And I stopped because of the road trip I was on with my daughters. Like, got it. Just it was impossible for me to do so. And um, so that's a podcast and I'm rereading another book by Robin Sharma called the monk who sold his Ferrari. Wow. Really good book. He's, uh, he's one of my top mentors too. That was I like one of his it. First books. Do you have a specific morning routine that gets you ready for your day? Yes, I do. So meditation is part of it. I do some Wim Hof breathing. This is Wim Hof is some people know him. He's called the Iceman. Um, he has this breathing technique that helps to, to kind of get the body uh, moving and awake and alive. So I start my morning with that. Then I go right into like a 30 minute meditation. Um, I drink a bunch of water. Uh, there's, I kind of go on and off some other things of journaling. Um, I have uh, an inverter in the basement that flips me upside down to help get my, uh, my, my lymphatic system going and my circulation going and helping the blood flow uh, go. Um, reading. Uh, that was part of 75 hard, you know, just read a minimum of 10 pages uh, of a book uh, every day. So I find getting that in the morning and some form of movement in the morning, whether it's jumping on my trampoline or rebounder or throwing my kids around or chasing them or Lily or something like that. So the, I find the more and more of those things I can get to, the better I feel. But that being said, I don't get to 100% of them all of the time. I like it. Well, I think that um, I think that you've provided a ton of valuable content today, especially with the life world conversation. That's amazing. And I really appreciate you coming on and sharing a little bit of what you do with everybody who's listening. Thanks for having me. Like, I always love talking to you. And I, I, this podcast is awesome. Oh, thank you. 
Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the show. I hope that something that was said resonated with you or provided value to you in one way or another. I'd love to hear more about your thoughts on the show. You can reach out to me on Facebook or Instagram at Amber Furman. Also, I've created a Facebook community for followers of the show to interact with me and other members of the community. You can find that on Facebook at More Than Corporate. So go ahead and join that group if you'd like to stay up to date on podcast happenings and meet some really cool people. Again, thanks so much for tuning in.